0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lift, Feel, Pray, a podcast aimed at exploring the relationship between physical, mental, and spiritual health and wellness in an effort to inspire, support, and encourage you in your journey through life. Thank you for listening. Welcome back, everyone. This is Coach Colin, owner of TFW Joint to Creek. And as always, I'm joined today by Pastor Jeff, lead pastor of Longleaf Church, and Stephen, A local licensed psychotherapist for another episode of Lift, Feel, Pray. Today we'll be discussing the importance of being part of a healthy and supportive culture or environment and how it can make a difference in your health and wellness. Well,
1: thanks, Colin. It's good to be here. What's up, guys? Hey, (laughs) good to be here too. How's your week going? really good, actually. Yeah. It's been
2: a good week, very productive week, and uh, I've accomplished a lot. So, yeah, It's in been part, a good week in the gym, too. Okay, right? Six days uh, this week. Wow, strong. Yeah. I, wonder, I wonder if your culture is responsible for that. Yes, <laughs> it certainly is. <laughs> I've got a lot part, of accountability you around must me. It's part of a good culture. Yeah, so I am. And you're I alone. am. A great group of people. Yeah. Yeah. Those 6 a.m.ers have been on me uh, because I've missed a lot of 6 a.m. classes, and I've uh, been uh, bouncing between... Uh, 6.45, 5.15, mm-hmm. uh, 8.15, and, uh, and, and so uh, I got... Uh, the important got, part is that you do it. That's a big That's right. That's right. I, I was here.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. So for those of you who are new to the podcast, we all uh, part of our lifestyle is uh, focusing on physical fitness and also social wellness, and so we're part of this amazing group of people at TFW to Lincoln Creek, and so we have different workout times. And uh, we, we, we get pretty passionate about the people that we work out with consistently, and we miss them whenever they aren't a part of our culture. That's right. Absolutely. Right? So we've been uh, being nice to Jeff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but when we see him, we remind him that he's been gone for a little bit too long. It's yeah. time to come back yeah. at 6 a.m. Yeah. Okay? The fun is over. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: My, my friend Brent, uh, he called me out on Facebook, actually, this week. So uh, yeah, he put it out there for for the world to see. Thanks, Brent. Well,
1: yeah. I mean, I think that speaks to the power of community and culture, right? And how that can, if you're a part of a really healthy uh, culture, it can draw you back in. It becomes the most addicting because it's like, the one thing I think of is that you all remember that one person that you were friends with when you were younger and you were like, can't we go and stay at their house tonight? When can we go back and eat dinner? Mom, can I spend the night? Yeah, absolutely. Right? There's always yeah. that one house yeah. with that one family that just had an amazing culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you were there, you loved being there. Yes, yeah. that's true. Uh, yep. Yeah, so there you go, guys. We're gonna be talking about culture today,
0: and the importance of it, and how can it affect your life, uh, and really your life on a daily basis. Uh, so I was gonna jump in and talk about how this has affected me personally. Really, in the last probably five or six years, when I started out of business, I had a um, it was just a one on one kind of small private training studio. Um, and for that, it, for me, it was all coaching. It was all about coaching. It was all about that kind of personal one on one interaction with these each individual people that would come in. Um, and it was great. It was intimate. It was um, – we, we. I really kind of helped the people on a one-on-one basis. They all had their all individual goals um, and that was great. But there wasn't that much uh, culture. It wasn't a big part of my business plan until we started expanding and had these kind of larger group sessions. And from there, it, it really became quickly all about the culture because – and it starts from the top. You know, It starts from myself and our coaching staff – and what type of people were we recruiting? Um, because what tends to happen is, um, like-minded people kind of, you know, kind of form together and, and come in. So, um, you know, when we have a really negative person come in, they typically don't stick around very long because we're kind of kind of overwhelmed with positive energy now. Um, but for me personally, uh, you know, when I was doing this one-on-one training, I was kind of, I was training on my own. I was doing a lot of, you know, solo work. Uh, I had a lot of, you know, a lot of alone time during the day. But now that we have these kind of group trainings, I, all my training is, is is within this group and how it's changed me personally. And I'm, you know, I quote, expert at, at working out and doing what I should be doing. But even with that, I kind of put on my headphones, put my hood on and get to work. And it was kind of a, uh, I don't want to say depressing, but it was, it definitely wasn't interactive and it definitely didn't do anything um, to, to really be help the rest of my day from a, a, a physical, emotional, or, or you know, what was physical, but not so much emotional, spiritual standpoint.
1: Yeah, it was limiting.
0: Um, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was limiting. And it was, um, um, it was kind of, it, it got to be just to do it because I have to do it. But now with all the interaction and I get to jump in with my coaches and even the coaching aspect is important, but, um, but being around that positive energy and, uh, again, it's taken a while to kind of build this culture and get to us, you know, with a certain type of people around and, and surround yourself with the same uh, um, people with the same mission as you. Uh, But it's just a great way to start your day or end your day. And I think if you kind of get down to it, if we did a kind of questionnaire about people, uh, a biggest reason why they train here Mm -hmm. is because of that. I mean, our program design is great. um, Our facility is great. But if you don't have the culture, if you don't have the right people around, you know, that stuff is just not going to matter when it comes down to it. So now I find myself kind of doing these training. And I've, you know, again, I've been doing it for 20 years. But I'm really enjoying it again. I, I was kind of losing that. Oh, you know, good, yeah, you could, you know, even the experts can lose it. Right. Mm-hmm, so, absolutely. so now I'm back to a place with these last couple of years. Now I'm really enjoying my workout routine again, enjoying the people I train with and enjoying the coaching staff. And so that just from, and that's obviously just a very kind of, um, a, in a vacuum, a small window of kind of you know, my workout life. But, but again, it can affect all these other things on a daily basis and it can affect your kind of habits and, and how you view exercise, how you view mm-hmm. health and nutrition and for me that's just been a big kind of part kind of moving forward. So so and then because it's affected me that way, now I can kind of communicate that with people that are coming in, right? And mm-hmm. so big like they might yeah. say, Oh, you know, what's your workout plan like? And and so then I start talking about culture, and I start talking about like how important it is to kind of surround yourself with these type of people and, and to have the accountability from them, have that kind of um you know, having, you know, the, the peer interaction with them. So you know, a lot of people, they want to ask about the coaches constantly, but yeah. I, I'll put it on you guys as well. So uh-huh. I'm like, yeah, these guys are going to hold you accountable just as much as I am, right? Uh, yeah. So, so yeah. that's, again, from a, just from a physical standpoint, that's kind of how it has affected me. And, I, and then from a business standpoint, it's just so important to kind of keep the right people around. And again, the more you have of them, the more it kind of builds that culture. Um, and there is, that is – I've been lucky enough not to have to deal with it. But you do run into people every so often that just don't don't really kind of line up with your kind of values and your mission statement and that kind of stuff. And that can be a hard conversation to have. Yes, it can. But it, it's an important one to kind of have if, yeah. if you run into those type
2: of people that can really ruin that culture, right? Absolutely. Um, I find a couple couple uh, quick stories. Uh, just uh, 10 minutes ago, before we started this podcast, um, we had a new member for to the gym yeah. uh, come out and said, uh, my first day here, I, I thought – is this for real? That uh, everybody's so friendly and, and, and supportive of each yeah. other, and, and thought. Uh, and then I said, "Well, you signed up, uh, now you get to see the real us." That's, right. yeah, that's, right. <laughs> you know? that's right. That's so, right. Man. You know, I thought it was just so amazing that uh, they already picked up on that culture right. of uh, support for each other. So, um, kudos to you, Colin yeah. and Adam, uh, for creating this culture at the gym uh, of great support and, and more of a family spirit that uh, we really uh, encourage each other. Because it can also be very intimidating when people come in.
0: You know, I mean, it's to have that is just super important. But I also thank you guys for being oh, so, hey,
2: so welcome. You're welcome. Uh, it's our pleasure, but uh, my wife uh, was one who always enjoyed solo um, individual fitness and would always say, I will never do group fitness. And then once she started coming here, she realized the importance of group fitness and accountability and encouragement of each other. Mm-hmm. And so uh, now we just have to get her back. No, <laughs> She's sorry. been here, I think, one day this week. No, so yeah. um, if
1: you're listening, Jen, uh, you got to get back to the gym. Keep uh, it on, uh, on her. Yeah, that's right. Everybody um, has their moment. Absolutely. you know, Much like you, Jeff.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But, um, uh, you know, I, I also want us to just think about the, the, the negative influence too. You you had mentioned that twice in, uh, so far, Colin. And, uh, Back in my, my first appointment, uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm a United Methodist pastor, and I'm under the appointment of a bishop. So uh, we're appointed year to year, and uh, July 1st is usually our, our new uh, appointment uh, year where it begins. And uh, I was uh, under my first appointment, and it was uh, appointed to a small church. It was uh, about a 15 member church. It was really small, down along the river in western Pennsylvania. And uh, there was this uh, uh, organist, and uh, she was 94 years old. And uh, wow. when, you, when you see her out in public, uh-huh. she was as friendly as all get out. But when she was in the church, uh, she really brought this negativity and this disease into the life of the church. Uh-huh. And after about two years of being there, uh, our church of 15 dwindled down to about a church of three. And so wow. it was myself, her, and uh, maybe one other. And uh, over the course of those two years, I was dealing with such negative behavior that I constantly was talking to this woman. I was constantly writing to her, calling on the phone, encouraging her, trying to get her to turn her ways. And uh, like you said, Colin, the culture we wanted to convey was one of encouragement and positivity in, in the life of the church But it came to a point where I had to (laughs) – here I was, a 24-year-old, entering into ministry, telling a 94-year-old, somebody 70 years older than me, that they couldn't come back to our church anymore because they were destroying the life of the church. And uh, we had to keep that culture strong uh, because if not, we would have ended up closing our doors. And uh, that following Sunday, we had 25 people in church because all these people found out that the negative behavior was gone. Uh And uh, it brought the church even greater than what it was before. So – Um, you know, when you have negative negativity in the culture Mm -hmm. of of an organization, a business or anywhere, um, it, it, it does have to be dealt with. And
0: I think that's a hard thing because I think a lot of times we try to kind of maybe change the person or like you said, try to have conversations. I worked two years trying to. Right. And so, but some people are just kind of the the way they are. So you have to, I mean, so where did you find, like, like how, where did you find, what is that line where it's like, okay, I, I had to have this discussion. Was it a kind of moment in time or was it like, Hey, I've tried
2: for so long and it just didn't work out. I, I, I tried. I, you know I'm a, I'm a very positive person. I usually exactly. see my glass half full mm-hmm. and uh, I was always hopeful that this person would change. but then I got to a place where, okay, she's 94 years old. she's not changed. Yeah. Um, she's not willing to change. And uh, when I went to her house with uh, uh, our staff parish chair, which is like human resources uh, uh, chairperson, Uh, We told her, and she says, I've been waiting for you. I've wondered when you were coming to tell me this. And she goes, it's okay. I'll go on to another church. And uh, I knew that her destructive behavior would probably lead somewhere else. But um, we knew that um, this had to be a place in time where we just could not handle this anymore.
0: And that's interesting because you jump at the
2: timeline and your age. Because I found
0: personally, I was this or something. I was not good at at all, and, and I would confronting either, I, people, or well, just gotta get like, assuming the best of good people. Oh. And just gotta keep thinking that uh-huh. I was gonna change that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I found myself, you know, through experience, I, I've gotten better at kind of pointing this type of behavior like, out, uh-huh. um, and and uh, quicker to, to act on it. Yeah. Because that can be destructive as well. Not acting on it soon enough when
1: you have these. It takes courage. Yeah. 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 Yes. It does take courage. Right. you get it's one of the most difficult things I would say to do. Mm -hmm. So I think the more that people can practice giving feedback, uh, the the better they can get. And I know we're, uh, one of the things I wanted to touch on a little bit later is what can you do if you realize that you aren't part of a healthy culture? Mm -hmm. You know, how can you survive? How can you thrive in that environment? And there's many things you can do, but one of them we'll get, I'll get to a little bit later on is pointing it out. Right. And trying to make a difference. Um, so, but I'm getting ahead of myself. So, why don't we talk a little bit about what culture is, like from our perspectives, like just defining it? Something I think there's so many different definitions of culture. Um, what do you guys think when you think about it? What's a quick way to? Well, think I think, about think it? for me, uh, it's
2: just the environment you're in.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, whatever environment you're in uh, is is your culture, and so.
2: Uh, you can have a, a good, healthy culture, or you can be in a, a, a very poor culture. You know, we think about all the world events that are taking place now, and uh, we talk about the division in Washington and uh, what a, a negative culture Washington, D.C. is right now where uh, there is no interaction between party lines. And, uh and it's becoming more and more divisive, and, and I, I don't know how how and when that'll change, but uh, that's just one example of a, of, a, of a very poor culture and right an now. environment yeah. And environment yeah okay
1: good because for a second there I, I I thought you know I was a little bit concerned because I, I prepared a discussion about microbiology. I didn't know if we were gonna <laughs> talk about I was thinking we were gonna talk about cottage cheese and <laughs> <that's right. laughs> maybe some yogurt. Oh that kind of culture <laughs> yogurt. <Yeah. laughs> yogurt um, yeah. uh, but no seriousness yeah. <laughs> I think you're right on though. No, it's it's it definitely is an environment. You know, so what goes into that culture? You know, it, it's a it's an environment of shared values. I think uh it's also an environment that that considered um you have to consider the shared beliefs that people have it, Behavioral norms, ways that we t- typically act—you know—we look to other people. So attitudes and assumptions that people share, all that goes into mixing and creating this this space that we find ourselves in. And it could be a good mix or a bad mix. You know, I think it's it um, really important that we take a look at that too. And and we all contribute to it too. I kind of wonder how, where does the culture come from, right? It comes from so many different places. It could be traditions, right. you know, that just haven't haven't changed mm-hmm. or haven't been questioned, um, and and so we can pass things down. You know, like when I think about cultures of families, you know, like we can pass along traditions that are healthy, some of them that aren't so much. Why don't we change them? You know, why are we yeah. doing the same thing the same way all the time if it's not producing different results? So it could be tradition. Um, certainly leadership plays a big role. So people that are in charge. Yeah. Um, so like here at the dojo, it would be the, you know, everything from the coaches to the the senior members, you know, people that they're a part of the leadership structure, probably whether or not they realize it, you know, right. because they have, have kind of been around for so long and um, and, and are seen as, as people maybe to kind of look to for for guidance and support, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, management, in different situations as mm-hmm. well through policy and procedures and then members as a whole of the community I think also definitely impact culture like you were talking about the 94-year-old member of your church took one person yeah, right. took one person yeah. to shift to, to to an entire culture and yeah. in, in, in to create a toxic environment that caused your church number to dwindle, membership went from 25 to three 15 to three 15 then, to then 3. didn't occur to 25 right? yeah, yeah okay. so then it got bigger it then. got bigger yeah. after, after but, it was
2: after she left yeah yeah
0: yeah because yeah, I, I mean, you get the right people around like you said from the leadership standpoint or a management standpoint or, or you know personally from uh, as, a, as a coach or a facility from my standpoint I got all the right people but say for instance I started implementing things like making everything all-out competition and started kind of breaking people down. Then from the top down, it would start to kind of dwindle, right? So so sometimes you have the right people, but under poor management or leadership. And so those are always things to think about too.
1: Because you set the tone. Absolutely. Yeah, and if Colin's treating people this way, maybe that's the way I should be treating people too. Right, So so
0: identifying that could be also important. Like, hey, is it the right person or the the, the wrong management or that kind of thing? So we people in your life. But another example I have from a negative standpoint that sometimes I I come into is that we'll have – you know, uh, pretty people that really need um, to get healthy and they're kind of, might be coming in here more, more to be obese and have to lose, say, say, 100 pounds or something like that. And they're on their way and they're losing, you know, 20, 25 pounds. And they actually have people in their lives bringing them down from it, you know, saying, oh, you're you're losing too much weight or you're, you know, I don't know. what like like, You look sick. Like yeah. Or, yeah. You know, and I think it should some of a place of insecurity or something like that. But it's just kind of like, man, you got people kind of, and I, you know, I don't know exactly what, you know, how to describe that from somebody that would do that. But I, I think it's more kind of, are own kind of self insecurities mm-hmm. that could have come from that. But mm-hmm. again, that, that can be kind of a, a place where you can start changing those type of people and changing people that are going to really encourage you through the process. Mm-hmm. Because when it comes to health, whether it's a, on a spiritual, emotional, or physical level, I said, you want people to help encourage you and push you in the right direction. You know? yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm.
1: So how about, how can we tell if you're a part of a, a healthy culture too? I mean, that's one thing I'm thinking about um, as well. I think, uh from
2: from our standpoint and life of the church is uh are we bearing fruit? Yeah. You know, if we're part of a healthy culture, are are we producing fruit? And uh, you know, we in the church uh we, we call it the fruit of the spirit. So uh if we're led by the spirit of God, um we experience love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so if our, our church is exhibiting this, uh, the natural result then would be to grow uh, as a healthy organism. Yeah. Um, but if there's something in in the, in the life of the church that's uh, that's countering that, uh, we aren't experiencing growth. Uh, and, and I'm not just talking numerically; I'm talking uh, you know holistically as well. Yeah. Um, are we producing uh, fruit that will last in the lives of everybody who's in in our church?
1: So you're talking about looking at the outcome, right? absolutely, what is the outcome right. of the yeah. experience that we're providing people And well, if they're going out and Experiencing healthier lives and contributing to the lives of others and in and, and supportive ways, then we probably have a good culture, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. Absolutely, uh, for me, it's probably just how I mean, like it's
0: funny that you mentioned that too from a numerical standpoint like growth and, and getting more members. And, and there should be a obviously, if you have a great culture, that those types of things tend to happen, but even more than that, you know, like what are what do you kind of stand for? What do you like, for instance, we do a lot of – we do a lot of charity work here. We try to give back to the community and do things within the community. We have – Jeff and I are just talking about that uh, we did a great Rock St. John's, really led on by Longleaf Church, but we partnered with them last year. And just doing things like that, like having kind of – because when you, when you do those types of things and you kind of have a heart of servanthood, um, you kind of it, – what it tends to happen is here – is you get excited about other people's success. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of yeah. like that. It's all that whole mindset. So, you know, our people are people encouraging each other? Are people, mm-hmm. or is it more of a, because you can have a competitive thing and you get a lot of results from that too. But, but we kind of want to get there in a different way because mm-hmm. I just feel it's more sustainable and it's more enjoyable, right? So, are people enjoying it? Are people, are they? Do they have smiles on here while they're here? That kind of stuff, you know. So, yes. so we try to look at those types of things as well to make sure that the kind of culture is there. Because, um, you know, results will come and th- that stuff will happen. But again, if you're not, if you're miserable in doing it, it's not mm-hmm. going to last very long, right? So you have mm-hmm. to have that sense of kind of. Being, having fun with the
1: people that you spend. Yeah, you, you talked about uh, you, you reference feeling right. Mm-hmm. If it's miserable, you won't be part of it very long. Exactly. Right. So I think you feel it. I think yeah. the, yeah. I always go with emotions. You know, like so many people struggle with uh, understanding what they're thinking about a certain situation. Um, so I'll say, if you're wanting to figure out, you know, kind of how you're doing in any environment reflect on how you feel in that environment, Yeah, that's good. you know, because your feelings are like I've talked about before are messengers. And if you're feeling bad, if you're feeling stressed, if you're feeling angry, um, if you're feeling overwhelmed, uh, disrespected, uh, invalidated, whatever it is, ask yourself, what might that messenger, that feeling be communicating? Cause then you can drill down to the thought. So you start with the feeling and then you can discover, Oh, I'm feeling bad because everybody in here, is competing with one another, you know, in a very toxic way. Right? Yeah. You know, yeah. we putting each other down. Um, or, or I'm not feeling, you know, uh, encouraged or supported. Or I'm feeling judged. Right, yeah. You know, so start with a feeling. You can feel it. A positive environment or culture is going to be something that brings about a whole host of really good feelings. And I think that's why we're so drawn to them. Because Absolutely. we want to feel good. Right. We don't want to feel bad. Like, who wants to I think about... The most obvious examples for me would be like workplace culture, people who really, really dislike what they do yeah. for a living. And when I do uh, career counseling with people, we'll start with, well, what is it like when you are at work? How do you feel being there? And then, and then we kind of can figure out, well, is it the culture? Is it just the work itself? Is it unfulfilling? Right. Um, so then that goes into some other possibilities. But more often than not, it has a lot to do with the environment that they find themselves in.
0: So i read about this recently. This is probably a question for you, uh, Stephen. Yeah. What, Where do you kind of draw the line of, like, say, hey, you're not passionate about what you do? What, what do you draw the line where you're just kind of where – you, where you look at the, – say the culture is good or the job is good. Or whatever, those where you start looking at your kind of self-needs or perceptions versus is it a problem then within or your surroundings mm-hmm. and how do you kind of make that kind of decision? Like, it, like, because a lot of people have, hey, the grass is always greener right? mm-hmm. kind of mindset, no yeah. matter where they are, what cultures are they in. Yep. And so kind of where do you kind of draw that line or if you're talking with somebody where it's like, hey, maybe the culture is right. You just got to have a different kind of perception on things. What can you do within to kind of create and, and, and enjoy the people you have around
1: you? Yeah, I think the only way you can get there is by engaging in the self-inquiry that's required to develop that awareness or insight. Right. So it's all about that. You have to be willing to be open-minded enough to really ask yourself, you know, how much of this is external and how much of this is internal? Yeah. And so it's just somebody who's ready to be honest with themselves and vulnerable. Someone's closed off, detached, in denial, that kind of thing. It's very easy to attribute your experiences to external sources, right? right. So we so call that,
0: it. Yeah, so that would be my thing. Like, so he's yeah. listening now, it's kind of like, oh, I just gotta change everybody else. Well, sometimes you gotta change, well, change yourself, yeah, yourself a little right. bit too. Yeah. So it's kind of like, yeah, before you start pointing the finger at everybody, let's like, we, look at ourselves. And first. we call that
1: fundamental attribution error mm-hmm. in psychology. It's very easy to protect your own self-esteem to say it's your fault, yeah. not mine. Right, exactly. Right. Um, so anytime there's something negative happening in your life or in a culture it's mm-hmm. it's easy to first say and it must be the culture's fault right um, but if something goes well it's easier to kind of say it must have been me yes, that, that, right. that <laughs> yes. created that so if you right. want to if you want to overcome the fundamental attribution error self-inquiry is also always going to be very important asking yourself yeah. am I looking at this fairly right
0: you have specific formats for that kind of things that you got to work with
1: people um not, not any specific kind of like structured approach okay. it's more just conversation yeah like, we'll sit yeah. down and we'll just kind of talk and then Um, I always kind of describe the experience as being on a road trip. You know, the person I'm working with is in the driver's seat and I'm the passenger, I'm the navigator. They control how fast we go, how fast the process is and which directions we head. But I'm going to be suggesting that we slow down and and kind of stop and look at things every once in a while. So if I pick up on something, I might say, you know, ask yourself, if, if, if you wouldn't mind, if you could go back over what you just said and see if there's a possibility that there might be an alternative explanation Mm. Right. Um, so it's a lot about questioning and, and self-inquiry, and you just have to be ready to do that. And if they're not, I might find a gentle way to point that out. It seems like you're kind of stuck in part because there's something that's preventing you from really challenging yourself or from look, uh, preventing you from looking within. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. You touched on that. Yeah, thanks. That's good stuff, Stephen. Sure. Um, another aspect, I think, of a healthy culture is authenticity. Um, right. You know, I've seen in in my line of work uh, many people from the the top down, uh, if they're inauthentic uh, and they don't have a pure heart, uh, it's felt by the organization or or by the life of the church. And, uh, uh, you know, I've I've heard many people who uh, will say, I I stopped going to that church because I I just felt that uh, it's inauthentic. Uh, I walk in and everything feels canned. Uh, from the greeting to everything, and uh, one of the things we, you know, for those of you who are listening, we're we're new church launch. We're only uh, ten months in existence, and uh, one of the things that we worked on for three years prior to is to build a system uh, in an organization or the life of the church where uh, we were authentic that we weren't um, that we weren't fake, and uh, that that then allows people to see us as real people, and uh, so. So anywhere you go, whether it's a gym or a facility, whatever uh, the case you're you're going into, um, are these places authentic, and uh, do they have your best interests at heart? That's a big one. Yeah, and um, you know, for me, I,
0: I'm sure people are listening to this and kind of you know thinking about you know what, what can I do or how can I you know changing culture, and uh, you know what kind of steps you can take toward that.
1: Especially I've, if you feel stuck. Right. Yeah. It might be in a situation like work-wise where right. you don't feel like you can leave.
0: Yeah. Well, so yeah. How,
1: how can you change? What can you do? How can you survive?
0: Well, that's that's the tough one. I'm, I'm just going to share my personal experience of how – and what because you can't change culture overnight, right? It's not one of those things no. where it's going to change quickly, right? But for me, instead of thinking of like the big picture, it's kind of what can I start doing today and the small steps I can take to then that are going to have that ripple effect, right? Because, again, these types of things are contagious, right? So instead of thinking like, man, I need to this whole big culture. It's like really, uh, if you're having a conversation with somebody, like you know, have, pay attention to and have, show like a caring heart, that kind of stuff. Like, mm-hmm. like each each little individual interactions, mm-hmm. we call them. You know, when we have our little coaches, meeting we call them like we call my like client touches, right? Like you have you how you how you refer to people by name, and you kind of have these things where you kind of you know, either encourage them on the floor or have these personal conversations before and after a workout yeah. and how important these interactions are. Huge. And going, yeah, and going back to authenticity, it's like, and I think that, you know, when we get the right people that actually care for people and you do these things, how that again has that ripple effect and just a little conversation I might have with Steven and he, you know, feels a, a more comfortable having a conversation with the next person next to him and, and how those kind of small steps can change a big culture over time I feel like sometimes people they just start from the top and it, you have to do these things on the day to day day in day out to really start but you might want to touch on that other thing that, if you feel stuck that I, I you know I don't work in an atmosphere because I'm a small business owner, or I've ever really been in that position, felt stuck in any kind of you know in a management in or a managing work atmosphere. But maybe you guys can touch on that more. In the
1: yeah, have you been That's, stuck
2: before, Jeff? I have been stuck before, yeah. and uh, it's not it's not. Sometimes it's not easy to get out, yeah. um, and you have to you have to be very intentional uh, in in what you're doing because. Uh, even for example here at the gym uh, when a new person comes into the gym um, I am very intentional on in going up to that person and welcoming them because my natural tendency is to draw to self like uh, you know oh I need to go get a towel or I need to uh, go to the bathroom and, and and then I just bypass that new person but uh, I think know, that's we, most people's tendency. Yeah, Absolutely, true, right? you know, yeah. it's to take care yeah. of self. Right. Yeah. self first. Yeah. Self first, and and,
1: and even always, though, right? Always. Well, self first <laughs> is okay, but <laughs> yeah. Always, yeah. Is always a different
2: story. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, and uh, I'll even find that in the life of the church because my natural tendency, like if I'm prepping for a worship service, uh, you know, I could I could be doing a hundred different things, but if I pause and I stop and I look out at the congregation before worship starts and I see a new couple, I will. Stop what I'm doing, and I'll be very intentional in making sure that uh, they feel welcome, okay. and that's creating a culture of welcome. Yes. And uh, uh, so you have to be very intentional in, in what you do, because if you're not, uh, you have a tendency to draw right back to self, and right, right. Uh, then you're you're creating a culture of selfishness, uh, and everybody just uh, walks out. There's a local gym here, uh, not ours, <laughs> but um, there's a local gym where uh, somebody attends, and they said. Uh, I don't have any interaction with anybody because they, they finish the class and they all leave. Yeah. And, 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 it, and it breaks my heart because I'm thinking, well, here's a place where, uh, where love is expressed. Uh, and it doesn't even have to be, but it is. And, and I think that's the draw uh, from where we're at here at this gym, mm-hmm. uh, where you walk in and you immediately feel uh, a warm welcome and, and, and love in this place. And, uh, you know, Coach Colin and Coach Adam will constantly remind us uh, of the word familia. And uh, that's part of the DNA here. And, yeah. uh, we really do treat each other as family. So you have to be very intentional in creating that. And uh, so if you're listening, uh, how can you uh, move more away from self and, and move more towards an intentionality of caring for others to create a culture of, of uh, vulnerability, of openness, of trust, and so much more?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'll tell people, uh, if you're stuck in a culture, one of the worst things you can do is treat maybe, the, especially the people that you think may be making that Culture toxic to treat them in a toxic manner. Mm. So it can get very frustrating, and you can want to lash out at somebody that yeah. you feel like is contributing to the toxicity of the culture. But I'll say be nice to everybody. Yeah. It can be really hard. In fact, it is going to be hard. Yeah. And you may not always be able to. Um, but it would be better to just, you know, kind of not say anything if you can't treat or say something to somebody that's positive or, or at least neutral at a mm. minimum. So um, I, I will try to approach people in toxic environments. Um, as I would hope they would approach me, you know, it's kind of like the golden rule. Yeah. It applies so well, I think, to, to shifting, uh, culture because who knows, maybe those people that are experiencing toxicity, uh, may, may just need that, yeah. you know, and that's one way to kind of test and determine like, are, are, are they influenceable? Can, can we yeah. reach them in a way that helps them kind of experience the type of culture that we're wanting to experience?
0: Yeah. I have a small example of that. I've tried this. When it actually was, I was in college and, um, we had a small apartment and, you know some neighbors are just not friendly so i, I you call, don't say yeah so i, I just
1: saw so <laughs> there's a lot of people here that are probably <laughs> members of communities that have hoa yeah exactly <laughs> you have yeah, no idea right. what that's like <laughs> yeah so here i tried
0: are. this uh this kind of theory it was just kind of like this like I, all i did i was, was did gonna, you kill him with kindness? it was gonna be a wave and a smile ah, a wave yeah. and a smile that's a like, oh, daily every time i saw this oh, person man. i always wave and, a smile. and it didn't work for, i probably bet you for a few months really? and eventually it started breaking down it started with a little wave uh, back and then it like it didn't say a word it was kind of one of these things and eventually yeah. it was just kind of like oh wow this is kind of getting you know very nice yeah. it's just like, it's, it's interesting though how such a small <laughs> yeah. thing like that yeah. can change and i still actually try to do that rule to this day that's good because yeah. some people just give you me a mean look I'm like well, i'll just wave right yeah. back and smile and it's yeah. like yeah you know so that's funny how well, you say it well the
1: cool thing about that too is we have these interesting neurons in our brains called mirror neurons mm-hmm. And anytime you show a facial feature and emotion to somebody else, they feel yeah. the same thing within them. Oh, yeah? So yeah. if you smile that's at cool. someone, they're more likely to smile back because you're activating their mirror in your Don't heart. they have tests out there where it's like the yawn theory? If you yawn for yeah. somebody, hey, yawn back that's at right. you or something? You know? it's that's, like, right. Yeah, exactly. yeah,
0: that's right. you go. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> No yawning. yawning. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> no. Right. And so I think the same is with positive energy or yeah. just energy to begin with. You know, for a kind of coaching class, like showing energy, showing enthusiasm. Yeah. You're going to get everybody else excited. So that's that just, I mean, just kind of a small example of kind of what you were doing. Yeah. So, yeah. I like that. Yeah. But any experience um, with you? Have you ever been kind of like you, like I want to go back to like that kind of yeah. stuck feeling? Um, because again, that's something I haven't experienced. I'm kind of curious. To your oh, take. Yeah. I know Jeff kind of tries on his personal experience. But if, if you do feel kind of stuck in either culture or workspace and kind of have to, you know, I want to say kind of climb out of that, but at the same time, how can you make? On a
1: day to day basis, yeah, for me, it was setting healthy boundaries was important too. Right, I remember a okay, few work big cultures big when I just got out of graduate school, and I was feeling more stuck because I was not as confident, you know, in my skill and my value as, as, a, as a therapist and what I'd have to offer. So I felt kind of like, well, I've got to just stick with this company because you know they've given me the shot, maybe I, I didn't deserve it. So it was a little bit of that, you know, imposter syndrome yeah. going on, so I, I felt stuck. Um, and we needed the income. So one of the things that I started to attempt to do is sell he- set healthier boundaries, mm-hmm. you know, to know like if, if I can't go into a meeting because I just can't be around the infighting anymore or whatever else is going on or the personalities yeah. uh, that are that are a part of that experience of toxicity in that culture. I just need to step back and do something for myself. So I'd have conversations with my uh, manager and kind of say there's going to be times where maybe I just need some self-care. Right. You know, and, and, and it might have been easier for me because I was in a, a part of a community of therapists. But having said that, this culture was also a community of therapists and it was re- it was pretty toxic wow. at times. Yeah. So oh even people who are trained in that way. I, bet, I was going to say, if it can happen, that, that yeah. It can
0: happen anywhere, right? It can happen it's anywhere. anywhere. Yeah.
1: So, so I started to look at the positives, too. I tried to enjoy what I felt like really was re- what I really enjoyed and I found very restorative about The experience, so like there was this one time in the day, it was something simple, um, where the staff of the kitchen would put out fresh fruit. It was a bowl of fresh fruit, and it was at about 4.45 every day, Monday through Friday, and it was cold. It was chilled fresh fruit. I would run, and I'd grab a pear. I'd grab an apple. Mm -hmm. I'd grab, you know, an orange, and it was like a highlight of my day. And I, re- I just I loved it because yeah. it was at the end of the day, and it was like something really restorative, and it was yeah. a nice little treat. And so I would lean into and find the things that I loved the most, and I was drawn to, and I would go to those things. Okay. Um, so I would set boundaries. Yeah. yeah. So that's a, that's a good example. Yeah. Of that. So I'm sure a lot of people are in that kind of position. So I just thought for the listeners they'd be good to hear your theory. Yeah, that that was helpful. You, you know, at the very end, you know, I just tell yourself nothing is permanent. You know, yeah. I think that's important too. Things will change, and we change in leadership. Those shifts will occur. It does take time, but at the very end of the day, if you need to get out and find a new environment, right. you you just may need to to pull the plug on it and 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 just go somewhere else. Unfortunately, and you get that a lot, I'm sure, with new members here. I'm sure you've heard that with with members and uh, both clergy and of church bodies, and oh, I've yeah. certainly heard it with clients and yeah. with colleagues. So,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, people, you know, people have left uh, our church. Uh, not on bad terms, but uh, they're just looking for a different type of environment, and that's okay. Yeah, um, because uh, we want to send them away with blessing, but uh, yeah. unfortunately, uh, unhealthy organizations will send them away and uh, as almost outcasts. And, right. and, and so, um, but, and kind but of a it's
1: shameful thing almost, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah,
2: and, and, and that's, that's not healthy for yeah. for any, anybody. Yeah. And I think that's
0: a good place, in terms of a person of leadership like yourself, or you know, maybe running businesses, is, is to know that just because you have a culture, doesn't mean it's good for everybody. You know, it's not, it's right. not even a positive culture, yeah. even a certain thing, yeah. it's, not, it's not gonna work for everybody. Right, not work it's for a hundred percent of people, mm-hmm. exactly. So yeah. so if somebody leaves and they're not they're kind of getting upset over that and say, hey, listen, like we do have our certain type of people, it's not for, you know, for one reason or another, doesn't mean that person is specifically just, you know, negative, whatever it is, it just may not be, and, and so they can move on and find something that works better for them. Absolutely. Hey guys, thanks for listening today. About culture, and hopefully, what we're trying to do with this uh, podcast, and uh, what you're recognizing as listeners, if you're uh, if you listen to a few episodes by now, is that we all bring our each unique perspectives um, on culture. So Jeff, Steve, and I kind of all brought some different ideas, and uh, also what we try to do is, is is to bring some application to your lives. But if you have any more questions, uh, remember to visit our website at liftfeelpray.com. Thank you for joining us today. And as always, we wish you the best as you take your next steps in working on your health and wellness. We hope you join us again for a future episode.
1: Today's intro and Atro Music was composed by Kevin McLeod and is titled Cheery Monday, available royalty-free at https colon forward slash forward slash